Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season two. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing season two, episode three, The Painted World. It originally aired on October 14th, 1999 and had 6.39 million viewers. Right off the bat, another great episode in season two. I mean, I always like this one's always been really cool to me. I can't wait to get into it. See, when we were thinking about this episode, I was like, oh, I'm not that excited for this one. I don't know why I like, didn't feel that way. But when I watched it, I was like, no, this is actually a good episode. I don't know why I wasn't excited about this one. And like, I'm definitely excited for our conversation too. Yeah, see, I knew that it was, I knew that it was a good episode. Like, it was never one of my favorites, but I did like enjoy watching it. All right, so... The episode starts off at Buckland's. It's the evening time and Prue is in her office. There's a painting of a castle in front of her and she's talking about it into a tape recorder and appraising it. We see a woman sitting at her desk who we find out is named Miss Franklin and Prue asks her where she said she got the painting. The woman tells her that she inherited it but it's been in her family for generations and you can tell this woman is in a hurry to go. So Prue has her sign some papers and tells her what needs to be confirmed in order to sell the painting. The woman tells Prue she isn't interested in the best price. She just wants it sold as soon as possible. And then she says goodnight and leaves. And Prue looks at the painting and then at the papers again. And that's the end of that scene. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really have too much to say here. This is just kind of setting up the plot with Miss Franklin and the painting. Like nothing really happened. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have any really idea of what the point of this was yet. So then from there, we're in like an elevator and we're also at the club because Phoebe is getting into an elevator and while she's getting in the elevator, she's on the phone with Piper and she's saying that it was an accident. It's not like I borrowed Prue's car so I could drive it into a pole. She said the damage isn't bad, but it might be expensive and Phoebe wants Piper not to tell Prue. She says that Prue's been so supportive and she doesn't want to lose her trust again and that she has a plan. She's right now on her way to a job interview at Web San Francisco, which is an interactive network on the internet to pay for the repairs. And Piper tells Phoebe that this is a bad idea and that she should just tell Prue. And Phoebe agrees that if she doesn't get the job, she'll tell her. So then Phoebe walks into like the room out of the elevator and there are a bunch of people in chairs. She walks up to a woman at the desk and tells her that she has an appointment. The woman hands her a clipboard with an aptitude test that she can finish at home. So Phoebe goes over and sits next to two other people and she hears them talking about how they went to Stanford and Harvard and they're being like all pretentious and like it's super annoying. And then the guy behind her is like intimidating, isn't it? And Phoebe says the goodwill huntings or this aptitude test and he makes a joke about how like everyone is able to write html numeric languages and he's just as douchey as the other people he just didn't go to harvard or stanford 
And Phoebe just kind of laughs and plays along with it. But then she like leaves and she gives her clipboard to one of the people as she's like leaving with the papers. (laughs) Poor Phoebe in this scene. I mean, I feel like in everyone's mind, this is how moments like that go where you feel just like, oh my God, I'm the dumbest person here. But the way they like had it play out, like people don't actually act like that. (laughs) I mean, sometimes they do though, because like, I'll be honest, like when I went to grad school, I mean, I won't say where I went to grad school, but I went to undergrad at Syracuse. And when I went to grad school, the grad school that I went to, there were a lot of people there who went to Ivy League colleges. And there were times when they would like say things like this, they'd be like, oh, like when I was at Harvard and I'm just like, okay, I get it. You fucking went to Harvard. Like, relax because uh, everybody in this scene I felt like it was so dramatic I didn't know people actually talked like that like like oh yes Harvard Stanford I went to Stanford just like it seems like they're yelling it right for everybody to hear <laughs> like okay nobody really cares yeah and it's funny because like you know a lot of times you're like in a situation like either at like work or like I was in grad school where the people are like oh when I was at Harvard and it's like okay well like we're all here together now so like not that yeah what does it matter exactly that doesn't make a difference for you also in the beginning of the scene when they're on the phone together the way like I really feel for Phoebe here because of course she knows that she should tell Prue but like as we've all noticed her and Prue have had a rocky relationship from the start and the fact that she's like so disappointed in herself for like doing something to lose the trust she's built with her like really affected me (laughs) like I felt so bad I totally agree like because we've seen this connection between the two of them really got like growing the last towards the end of season one and so the fact that she's so afraid of like things going back to how they were with Prue is like really understandable to me and I really do like sympathize with her and what she's going through and not wanting to tell her I know and like you can see here how much like Because she always tried to act like, you know, whatever doesn't phase me. But like we've stated before, we can see that Phoebe has the sensitives and really is the one who wants to be a family, wants to be supported, wants love, you know, sympathizes with people. She's the one who feels things the most. So the fact that like she's over here um, worried about Prue now, it's like it's sad I think it speaks to their history and like just Phoebe's loss all of her life mm-hmm. and all of the girls like she doesn't want to lose Prue too yeah definitely so now we are back at Buckland's and Prue is working on papers that are at her desk and she notices this like light glow in the window inside the painting and Prue gets up and takes a closer look with a magnifying glass and she sees a man in the window running away from a flame and she like is just like what the fuck is going on (laughs) yeah so here I mean basically we're getting the idea that something supernatural is going on with this painting and it's probably going to be a key piece of this episode exactly and aside from that still not too much information So then after that, we have the theme song, and then we are in the manor, in the kitchen, and it's the next morning. Prue is, like, packing her lunch, and she's talking to Piper. She's saying, at first, I thought it was just a reflection off of something in the room, but then when I moved closer, I saw a man inside the painting in the castle. But the moment I saw him, he backed away from the window, and then there was this strange glow that went past the window again. 
she notices that Piper isn't really paying attention to her because she's like looking at this folder of code violations at the club. And Prue tells her that she's obsessing. And Piper says, well, it runs in the family. And Prue says, I don't obsess. I think intensely. I can't really help it. We've seen so many bizarre things. Why not a man in the painting? And <laughs> Piper says, well, at least he's safe from building inspectors. I can't imagine that castle's up to code. And that's when Phoebe walks in. And she says she couldn't find anything in the book about people trapped in paintings. Piper asks Phoebe about her interview, and she said that it went fine. She just needs to finish a take-home aptitude test, and that she's going to go work on it right now, and she starts to leave the room. Prue then asks her for her car keys, and Phoebe tells her that her car is at the body shop and that she backed it into a pole. Phoebe says, I know what you're thinking. How could I be so irresponsible? How could I be so stupid? And Prue's like, okay, irresponsible, yes. Stupid, no way. Where is that coming from? And, you know, she says it's coming from the fact that I'm the youngest sister, the one who always makes mistakes, the one who always causes problem. I mean, if anybody were going to back your car into a pole and not tell you right away, it'd be me, right? And then Piper, you know, not really wanting to be involved in it, starts to leave. And Phoebe continues. She's like, see, even the middle sister, the one that's supposed to stay neutral when it comes to family problems, checks out on this one. And Prue's kind of like, well, leave me out of it, too. I don't want to argue with you. I just want to find a cab. And so Phoebe offers to pay for the cost of the car and the cab, and she leaves the room with the Book of Shadows. Prue asks Piper what happened, and Piper says, I don't know anything about anything. I'm going to go see Dan. Then Prue asks about the man in the painting again, and Piper says, well, unless he's real and screaming for help, forget about him. Don't go looking for trouble. We have enough here. And Piper leaves. So a couple things for this. I feel like this is something they continue to do throughout the show is where like when one of them will see something, the other ones or like one of them will be like, oh, no, you're just being crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, no, there's no way. But it's like, how could you feel that way after everything that you guys have seen? Like you haven't learned by now to trust each other's instincts. <laughs> Yeah, and I noticed that in a lot of Supernatural shows, like, whoever the hero is, like, it seems like everyone in their life will constantly, like, disbelieve them when they bring up something, and it's like, come on, you've seen this person be right how many times before, and you're still questioning them? Exactly, every freaking time, and then at the end when Piper's like, don't go looking for trouble, it's like, well, this is an innocent that we're talking about, like, she's not looking for it, this came to her, and this is how it always works for you guys, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I get them wanting to avoid it, but, you know. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, two episodes ago, weren't they pushing Prue to get back involved in, like, the world of magic and, like, helping people? And now all of a sudden they're like, Prue, come on. <laughs> Just in your imagination. Yeah. But also, like, um, one thing I'm really liking here, I'm noticing more and more, like, of Piper's, like, sarcastic tendencies now that we're in season two. And it's something I always remember about her character, but I feel like isn't there as much in season one. I feel like it's something she starts having like later on and we're definitely starting to see it now. Yeah, Piper's starting to show more um, more personality, like have more to say than just like, you know, her typical being scared of everything. You know, Piper's starting to find herself, it seems like slowly. Yeah, there's like a new confidence to her. Exactly. And I, I mean, I'm sure this them being witches is what had a lot to do with it so it's nice to see that slowly shift in her yeah 
Um, the other thing, you know, which is going to be an ongoing plot line in this episode that I'm starting to notice here is Phoebe's kind of like fear, like insecurity about like her intelligence because she didn't like go to college. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her self-doubt in this episode is definitely very, very noticeable. I mean, we see it from the very beginning, like she's the, she's having all these problems and then we'll continue to see more about her intelligence, which I'll definitely have more to say once it comes up more. So then we move on to Dan's house and Piper walks up to the door with her folder and a newspaper in her hands. And Dan opens the door. She gives him the paper and he asks if she wants to come in. And she's like, no, that's all right. So Piper tells him about the code violations and gives him the folder and he goes, so you were thinking neighbor Dan, he's in construction. And she's like, well, I'd pay you for the help. Um, And as she's saying this, Jenny is walking out the door to leave and she tells Dan not to forget his promise as she goes. Dan looks at Piper and says he'll take a look at the violations if she'll help with the promise that he made Jenny. And basically saying that um, she needs to help with a paper on the human reproductive system for school. Piper's like, oh, you mean sex? And he says, yeah, it's just way too awkward to talk to my niece about it. And Piper says that it's no problem, she'll do it. Uh, and she goes, I have plenty of spe- experience. And Dan's like, really, with, with sex? <laughs> and Piper's like, no, I mean, uh, talking about it. And they both laugh and it's a little awkward, but definitely flirting going on there which is like, what is happening? I thought this was going to be Phoebe's love interest. Same. And like, it brings me back to season one because I remember we talked about it. And you know me, I'm the biggest Piper and Leo stan. But like, um, Phoebe saw Leo first and was like, oh, I have a crush, right? And now Phoebe like had a little crush on Dan. But once again, it's going to be Piper's love interest. Yeah, we'll see. But that's how it's looking with this little intro, which again brings me to my what the hell is going on with Leo thoughts. Is he still not in the theme? No, he's not in the theme. But I feel like every episode so far, I just get more and more confused about the status of Piper and Leo's relationship. Like, are they together or are they not together? I know. I'm thinking the same thing. Like, they're not giving us any information here and you can see Piper along the way like finding interest in other guys and it's a little weird to me because I think we talked about this with the last episode like I don't think that I if I was in that position where I'm in love with someone then you're not gonna see me out flirting with other guys like I would be sitting there on my ass waiting for them (laughs) like yeah um and it's interesting and you know obviously this isn't true 100 percent of the time like there are people who always like experience like attraction and like feelings for multiple people but there was a like something from a psychology professor like a paper that basically said like if you notice other people you're not actually in love and i feel like like when i'm in love with somebody that's how i am like i don't even notice anyone else at all Yeah, other people, I mean, like, I'll see someone and think, like, oh, yeah, that's, like, an attractive person, but I won't be attracted to them or have any interest in, like, it becoming anything like that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, I don't become, like, you know, unable to see. I can still tell when (laughs) someone is attractive, but I just, like, I have no interest. I have no, like, desire to, like, 
talk to that person or flirt with them or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. I'm the same way. And I feel like that's a pretty typical thing to feel like I've seen it in a lot of people. And like you said, it's even in that psychology uh, report. So what Piper's not really in love with Leo? Like what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's what I'm like, like I'm questioning it. And also like just the exposition throughout the scene. It's like, oh, like I'm Dan. I work in construction. Like, yeah, (laughs) I mean, I guess it was like they definitely could have found a subtler way to bring it up. But I was very confused because but I feel like we didn't need some information to say it. Like if Piper had been like, oh, Dan, like, don't you work in construction? I feel like that would be more normal than him being like, oh, uh, you know. You were thinking neighbor dad he's in construction like yeah yeah the way they brought it upon <laughs> was very was very weird like we didn't even because i i mean we didn't know that he worked in construction we had no idea what his job was but still the way they did it was like okay like <laughs> yeah <laughs> exposition went crazy in that scene and also, I mean, the little, like, oh, like, you have a lot of experience with sex. Like, that was cute. That was funny. I liked that little interaction, even though I'm, like, confused about why they're flirting when she has a boyfriend, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, literally. And when she's practically married to this guy, or at least she knows that she's supposed to be, so. That's what I'm saying. Aren't you guys, like, pre-engaged? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, you're basically there. What are we waiting for? All right, well, I guess we'll see. So then we're at Buckland's, and Prue and Miss Franklin are sitting at her desk again, and Miss Franklin asks if there's a problem with the ownership papers and why Prue wanted to meet, and Prue says there's something strange about the painting, and she and then Miss Franklin asks Prue if she's seen him. She's like, that's how it all starts. At first you see him, the man inside the painting, but he just disappears so fast and you start to think about it, but it doesn't make any sense. I mean, how can a man be inside a painting? But then you see him again, this time longer, and now you're sure. And Prue asks if uh, Miss Franklin thinks it's a ghost. And she says, no, she thinks he's alive and trapped inside. Prue asks who he is. And she says, all I know is if I don't get rid of the painting, I'm going to end up like everybody else in my family who's ever owned it. I'm going to be completely insane. And she gets up and leaves, and Prue starts looking at the painting again. So things are getting crazy here. Now even Miss Franklin has seen it. Prue is definitely intrigued, and I am too. Yeah, no, I am too. I feel like this one, again, is just a little more of like, okay, you're showing us that there is definitely something supernatural about this painting. I feel like we haven't gotten too far into it either. Yeah, and I mean, spoiler to the end of the episode, but I think that, like, Miss Franklin in this scene is very believable. Like, if yeah. I hadn't seen the episode before, I would have had no, like, indication that she was going to end up being a bad guy. Like, she yeah. seems very, like, genuine. Me too. I would have, yeah, if, if I didn't already know, then I would have had no clue that that's what it was, you know? Mm-hmm. She really does play the part. And, I mean, I guess we'll find out why she's had a lot of time to practice. <laughs> Okay, so now we are back at the manor in Phoebe's room, and we see Phoebe sitting on her bed with the book open in front of her, and she's writing a spell. And then Piper starts knocking on the door. Phoebe tells her that she wants to be alone, but Piper's like, I won't stay long. So she hides the book under her blanket, and you can see the lump in the book shape, but (laughs) whatever. Definitely not the best hiding spot. 
Um, but she tells Piper to come in after hiding the book. And Piper says that the body shop called and Phoebe says that she heard it's 1200. Piper asks her if she told Prue and Phoebe says she didn't have to, or I didn't have to. She already knew she called the body shop herself. That's why I have to get this job, Piper. It's the only way I can pay for the damages. And it's the only thing, it's the only way I can make things right. Piper says that she should have just told her. And Phoebe's like, well, maybe a smarter person would have figured that out. Then again, a smart person wouldn't have backed a car into a pole. A smart person would have realized that it was a $1,200 pole. That's because smart people don't do stupid things only stupid people do. And Piper tells her she didn't mean to upset her. And Phoebe says that maybe they should just talk later. And Piper's like, okay, and gets up. Then Piper asks if she'll be okay. And she's like, don't do anything. And Phoebe's like, stupid. Piper's like no just don't do anything I wouldn't do and she leaves and Phoebe's like okay and pulls the book back out and casts a smart spell on herself that lasts 24 hours and afterwards she says oh and p.s there will be no personal gain and she opens up the dictionary and holds her hands over it the pages start like turning flipping really fast and then she starts saying definitions and she smiles and she's like cool so she turned herself into a super genius. I kind of like, like normally when they're repeating things so much, I find it to be annoying, but I kind of don't mind the, the way like Phoebe's doubting her intelligence, like the way they keep bringing it up in each scene. Cause I don't think that it was like, like, I feel like it's just really showing how she feels in the moment, you know, how mm-hmm. she's been feeling. Yeah, and I like this storyline for her. Um, I feel like it's, you know, not to get into spoiler territory, but it's leading us into some things that she'll be doing later on in the season. And it's kind of a really good starting point for where her character is going. So I like that they're giving her this episode where she's really struggling with this idea. Exactly. And I mean, as we know, she said in the past, I mean, they don't really mention the whole idea of like Phoebe pursuing a career until later in the episode or you know but even in season one there was one episode where what the episode that Piper had left where she mentions that she wants to get a good job she wants to go to school and you know work um, and have a career and then here she's over here now doubting her ability and her intelligence and then we're going to see later on her kind of build that back up you know mm-hmm. yeah which I'm excited to see and it's also like you know anyone could back a car into a pole I mean I've you know I know that's what I was thinking too. As well. yeah that's what I was thinking too it's not really about how smart you are like accidents just happen exactly like one time I was backing up and I knocked off one of my like side view mirrors on a mailbox like we all <laughs> things like that while driving we all have our moments it's not anything that question like makes me question someone's intelligence not at all so then we're back at Buckland's and this guy Joe brings the painting to Prue after an x-ray and he shows her that there's this underwriting on the canvas with a text in Latin and she reads it and says that it says to free what is lost read these words and he's like, wow, you speak Latin? And she's like, yes. And then says goodnight to him. And he says he'll re- take the painting back to the vault and see her tomorrow. And he leaves. And then 
Prue notices that the painting starts glowing again and she sees writing on the window. It says help. The last part of the writing says mine forever in Latin. So she looks at the painting and says the full phrase and then this like wind glowing effect comes up and she gets sucked into the painting and she's like, oh no. And then we're inside the castle where Prue is just like looking around and totally freaked out. So I was just thinking like, is this a third new assistant for Prue? I feel like she's got a new one every episode. Yeah, I'm not sure if this guy's supposed to be an assistant to Prue specifically or just someone working. Like, he didn't give me that he was Prue's assistant type of vibe, but maybe he is because maybe she's just getting a new assistant every episode. True. I mean, yeah, I see that too. It's just why is he like bringing the painting to and from and like, I don't know. Yeah, he might be like a general assistant to like the auction house and like kind of just like Prue is like a superior to him or something, maybe. Yeah. Because he also looks like something very like young, that. you know what I mean? So maybe he might be like new to work. Some in sort there or of intern or something. Yeah. Also, he's cute. Not my type. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> so now Prue is sucked inside this little painting. And I don't have too much to say about it because that's really all that happened. Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool the like use of x-ray that they come up with in this episode and how we see it like linked to another character later in the episode. So I'll just say that for now and I'll come back to it when we get there. Oh yeah, that did, I did notice that too because I never realized it before. Like I never made that connection until this watch. (laughs) But yeah, we'll talk about that when it comes. Okay, so inside the castle now, Prue goes to the door and is trying to get out and then all of a sudden a fireball comes at her and she ducks and then the man appears and tells her quick follow me and he grabs her and they go into an indented section of the wall and he says I see you read Latin too and she asks him what happened and where she is he tells her that she's in the castle inside the painting and tells her to get to the bookcase or she's dead And she asks him who he is, and he says, my name's Malcolm. You were supposed to help me, not join me. Who are you, anyway? She says, my name was, my name's Prue, and I was trying to help you. You were supposed to come out. And he says, oh, great, now we're both trapped. So just a little banter between them. And then they run to the bookcase, and a ball of fire comes at her, and she uses her power to move it away. And Malcolm says, what the hell? What are you? How'd you do that? And she's like, oh, never mind. We're going to get killed. Will you hurry up? And he opens the bookcase and they both go in. I like the little banter, honestly. Like, I think it's kind of, it's kind of cute. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I like this scene. I mean, for the most part, it's plot, so I don't have a whole lot to say. But I do like this setup. I like the little, like, back and forth they have with each other. And I'll say more about that as we see them in more scenes together later on. Yeah. But I like where we're going so far. I think that you know, this was the right next scene. The pacing of this episode is pretty on point, so. Yeah, I agree. So then we are back at the manor, and it is the next morning. Piper walks into the kitchen and asks Phoebe, who, you know, she points out is up early and sitting at the table, what's up? And Phoebe starts talking about some of the things she read in the paper. We hear Kit meow, and Piper asks if she's seen Prue, and Phoebe says not yet, and that Dan called and said that he'll meet Piper at the club at noon. Piper says that she didn't hear Prue come home last night, and then she notices that Kit hasn't been fed, which is why she's meowing. 
and that no coffee's been made and Prue didn't pack herself a lunch. And also, and, you know, Phoebe's kind of like, oh, well, maybe she's asleep. And Piper says that she checked her bed and it wasn't slept in. And Phoebe says, well, maybe she didn't come back from the office. So Piper calls her work number and gets her voicemail. She's like, what if Prue's right about the painting? What if something happened? And Phoebe starts talking about the odds of something bad happening to Prue with like all these statistics and things. And Piper says that she's like askrainman.com and if she's been in the Book of Shadows. Phoebe denies it and Piper says she's going to go to Buckland's. Phoebe reminds her she's supposed to meet Dan and asks if she likes him. And Piper's like, that's ridiculous, and tells Phoebe to go to the club in her place, and then Piper leaves to go to Buckland's. I like how quick she notices that Prue is gone. I mean, I didn't know that she was the one who makes the coffee, feeds the cat, like, does everything. I feel like she's such the mom in the house kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, definitely. Like, when she's not around, it's very noticeable to them right away. Yeah, because, like, I mean, not that, you know, having a roommate is the same as, like, noticing your siblings out there, but I even remember, like, in college, I've never known if my roommates were home or not. I was just like, I don't know who's here. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, even with my own parents or my siblings, like, none of us never know who's around. <laughs> it's just always like that. But Prue, I feel like, has always played that role. And I feel like even if maybe Phoebe weren't to be around they wouldn't have questioned it at least not as quickly as they would with Prue you know like Prue very clearly has that important role in the house like still even though they're all grown now yeah definitely and then you know of course we have Piper noticing that something's up with Phoebe and you know Phoebe kind of asking if Piper likes Dan so I guess Phoebe doesn't have a crush on Dan anymore yeah I guess she kind of moved on from it All right, so we go back into the castle now, and we see Prue is sitting across the room from Malcolm holding a fire poker, and he tells her to stay over there and that he hates witches, and she tells him she was trying to help him and that her powers can't just lift them from another world, and she tells them that they're going to have to work together to get out. She's like, just let me help you. I won't turn you into a toad, I promise. And he puts the fire poker down and she gets up and walks closer to look at the cut on his head. And she's like, why, so why do you hate witches so much? And he says it's how he got trapped in there, that the artist that painted this was a witch, his girlfriend at the time. Her name was Nell and they broke up and she wrote a curse in Latin, tricking him to get inside, to trap him inside the painting. And Prue asks how he saw the underwriting. He says, same as you probably she's like an x-ray and then he says that he hasn't aged since he got there and she asks how long he's been running from the fireballs and he tells her that it's been 70 years she's like well I won't be here that long I mean I have two sisters and we all have powers if anyone can find a way out it's us and she smiles but he looks like a little uncertain yeah And um, while you were talking, I just looked it up because, you know, we find out that Malcolm, you know, has been in there since the 20s. And I looked up when x-rays were invented because I was like, when were x-rays invented? And the answer is 1895. So they were invented before Malcolm's time. So that works. Oh, gotcha. Because I was about to say, like, I was thinking the same thing. Like, it didn't seem to make any sense to me. I didn't think that they had been made that like that Me either. long ago like I have no idea I'm not really like someone who knows a lot about medical history anyway so I had no idea when they were invented but I was like let me just double check because I want to see if she should have figured out because I feel like 
crew has a lot of knowledge of these types of things. I'm like, I want to know if she should have figured it out sooner that he was like sketch. True. And also another thing that I didn't realize is that he uses this this whole like, oh, the painting, like because of the curse, like I haven't been able to age. But really we find out it's because, I mean, as we know, I guess it's not too much of a spoiler because we're going to find out in a couple scenes, but warlocks don't age and he is a warlock, so. Yeah, exactly. Also, like another thing that kind of stands out to me in this scene is just like the confidence Prue has in her sisters and in the fact that they'll be able to figure out a way to get her out of there and rescue her. Like she's not, she doesn't underestimate them the way that they might think, especially Phoebe, that she does. Yeah, exactly. Like, especially she's noticed Phoebe's self-doubt, I mean, with the whole car thing, but she has the utmost confidence in both of her sisters to get them out of here. Like, she's, I feel like we see such a big shift in Prue. Like, before I felt like she seemed to think that everything fell on her and that she was the one who had to take care of things and protect everyone, but now she sees that, you know, they're able to do the same thing for her. So then we're at P3, and Phoebe and Dan are walking in, and she's apologizing for being late and wearing a yellow construction hat, which, you know, pretty adorable. And he has the code violation and a book of the requirements, and Phoebe says that, you know, he'll find that she's pretty knowledgeable about all this stuff. And he asks her about Piper, and she says, oh, she can't be here. Something came up. Sorry, buddy. And they keep walking in together. (laughs) I love that little scene. I thought it was so funny. I know, like, usually I feel like I would find a scene like that so useless, but honestly, like, it was actually really cute, and the way, like, Phoebe is kind of, like, picking up on the fact that Dan likes Piper and, like, playing into that, like, it's really cute. Yeah, it is. But here we see, like, Phoebe and Dan are, like, alone together, and she did have that crush on him if this was back in season one remember she was like competing with piper for leo just because she was like a lot less mature then and a lot more like i don't know you know what i mean like it just shows a lot of growth that now she's like oh i want this for piper like let me help my sister out things like that you know yeah Definitely. And I think that, like, ultimately, Phoebe knows that, like, where she's at right now, she's not really, like, looking for someone to settle down with. Like, that's more Piper's thing. So I think that's part of the reason, too, why she's kind of like, well, I'll back off because if Piper likes somebody, it's more serious than if I do. Yeah, exactly. She's able to notice those things more. Now we go to Buckland's and we see Piper going into Prue's office uh, and she walks past the painting to her desk and notices that her sweater and purse are still there. Piper is looking at the x-ray of the painting and Joe walks in as she starts reading it and he says hey to her and says that he's there for the painting and Piper freezes him. So there I still don't feel like there's too much. I mean Piper's starting to put a little bit of what happened together or at least knows that something with this painting actually did happen and I feel like that's about it yeah exactly I totally agree so then we're inside the castle and they're out in that like main room where all the like fireballs are and they're discussing Prue's plan she says that she has to warn her sisters and he tells her that she'll die she says they might make the same mistake she did So they run to a different corner as, like, fireballs are going by, and she says that her plan is to write her name and Nell's name on the window. My sisters will think that's a clue, so they'll look up the 
look up the name Nell in our Book of Shadows and hopefully they'll find a solution. So then they run to a different corner and she asks how he wrote for help. And she tell he tells her that it took him years and that he has the scars to prove it. And then asks if she could use her powers. And she says, okay, I'll deflect the fireballs, you write the names. And he tells her to be careful near the window and then everything starts moving and they're like falling. And we cut back to Buckland where Piper is walking out with the painting in her hands. And he tells her they need to get back to the chamber because the painting is being moved. And then we see like Joe unfreezes and he's very confused because Piper and the painting are gone. Bruce says she needs to go to the window and Piper is walking to the elevator and telling someone to hold it for her. Then Prue and Malcolm both fall down and back up under a table. Um, he tells her they can do it as soon as the painting stops moving. They need to stay low. He's staring at her and she asks what? And he says, well, I always hoped someone would get my SOS. I just never thought it would be a woman. And she's like, what? A woman can't rescue a man? He says, I'm still waiting. And she says, well, keep waiting, pal. <laughs> and she gets up and they run to the bookcase together. Again, with the banter, I think that it's just so perfect like all throughout this episode they show a lot like this guy has like a little attitude or like a little sass and I think it just works Love yeah and I like that like it seems like he's trying to flirt with her and like Prue is just so not about it and yeah I, love it. I think it's so funny not having it at all I mean Mance hasn't had any pussy in 70 years <laughs> oh my he's god he's so raunchy He's got to be down bad. He's like, you know, he's he's been by himself for 70 years. Now all of a sudden he's with a beautiful woman. I, I get where he's coming from. Yeah, his his drive has got to be through the roof. <laughs> I like Prue's plan here. Even just putting the two names on the window, like it's smart because she knows that her sisters will figure it out. Like, I feel like I still wouldn't put that together personally. <laughs> I'd be like, Prue and Nell, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, it would give me the idea that Prue was trapped in there, but I don't know. Maybe I would have figured that out. I feel like I would have been like, well, I have to figure out who Nell is, what Nell is, you know, like, yeah. start looking. I'd go to the book. So I feel like it does make sense as far as, like, how her sisters would make the connection. Yeah, true. I just feel like they, well, I guess she couldn't really because there's not a lot of space on the window, but somehow... I guess saying Prue is the warning that like, hey, you will get trapped in here if you say the wrong thing. I feel like there's not too much here. Like, it's just kind of a lot of banter, telling the plan and then having Piper run away with the painting. It's just funny to see it like affecting them inside. Yeah, no, I like that when the painting is being physically moved that they're like struggling because of it and like falling down and stuff. Yeah. So now we are back at the manor and Phoebe is watching TV and on the phone making an appointment to return her aptitude test the following day by five. And then Piper walks in and Phoebe tells her that Dan will have her estimate by tomorrow. Piper says we got bigger problems than code violations. And Phoebe's like, Prue wasn't at Buckland's. Piper says no, but it was clearly the last place she was before she disappeared. And neither of them have heard from her. Phoebe's like, okay, now I'm worried. And Piper pulls out the x-ray. Phoebe looks at it as Piper is talking about how soon everyone at work will realize Prue and the painting are gone. Phoebe gets distracted by the TV, says, oh, it's the final match. And she answers every question right, um, like, that they're asking on the TV. 
and Piper takes the remote and turns it off and she's like how is it that you know all of the answers and Phoebe's like what I can know about medicine American playwrights and that Asia Minor is now called Turkey and Piper accuses her of casting a spell again and Phoebe explains that she did it to get the job and that it's a temporary smart spell. Piper tells her that it's personal gain and there will be consequences and Phoebe's like, you don't know what it's like to be at that job interview surrounded by all those college graduates. You don't know what it feels like to be really, really smart. Smart people are respected, taken seriously, and really smart women forget about it. Then again, you probably do know what I'm talking about. You have a four-year degree. And Piper's like, so what, Phoebe? I'll never have the kind of smarts that you have no matter what I do. But you can go back to school or back to college. And then she asks her what happens with the job when the smart spell ends Phoebe says she was going to think about that later and starts to leave kind of upset as if their sister's not missing like (laughs) (laughs) like they don't have more important things to worry about and then Piper says wait what does this mean and she reads out the latin from the x-ray and gets sucked into the painting right in front of Phoebe calling for her help and Phoebe runs down the stairs So a couple things about this scene. First, I really love the dynamic between the two of them. Most of the time, I mean, when we have Piper and Phoebe together in a scene, it is really quick. And I love the little, you know, like, what? I could know about all these things. And Piper's just like, no, you can't. Yeah, Um, no, not a chance. But I also like, you know, the way that I have two thoughts on this. So I like the way that, you know, Phoebe's kind of like, you don't know what to how what it's like to be this smart. And then it's kind of like, well, actually, you probably do know because she does think that Piper is smart. But also, you know, the importance they're putting on having a four-year degree here, I don't necessarily like that messaging. And you know that, like, I'm a college professor. Of course, I want everyone who wants to go to college to go to college. But I feel like they're kind of pushing this idea that in order to be like a smart, successful woman, you need this four-year degree, which I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that either. And I think they they do kind of show that idea. But at the same time, I mean, I like the way that Piper's telling Phoebe, like, well, what about the smarts you have, you know, like real world learning information is just as important, like, as getting a four year degree, like Piper's like, I will never be able to have that you have it, and you can go back to school and get the knowledge that you want, you know? Yeah. And I like that too. I also am confused about why Piper has a four-year degree. Um, Wouldn't she have gone to culinary school if cooking has always been her dream? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm not really sure. I didn't know because I was thinking that. I was like, I don't think that cooking, culinary, whatever would... It's usually like a two-year program when people do something like that because it's usually through like a trade school. Yeah, Maybe she did something else along the way. And then they do like training with other chefs and stuff for a few years and then they can like start working on their own. That's typically how that type of thing works. Um, I mean, it makes sense that Prue has a four-year degree because obviously she's like does like art history and stuff like that. Yeah. Obviously, but. But Piper on the other hand. And you know how they always say this idea like, oh, you can go back to college and this and that. Like, I don't, what? what college did Phoebe go to like did we ever find that out like that she did go to school because I feel I like mean, say that. what like, I'm thinking is out. either that she got her associate's degree because she keeps talking about you have a four-year degree so maybe she has an associate's degree and didn't go like back to school after she finished that or she was going somewhere and dropped out at some point yeah I just wish that we like 
would get a little more information on that, you know? Also wanted to point out where she's talking about like how smart people are respected and how great it feels to be so smart and taken seriously. And she's like, really smart women, forget about it, you know? Because it's kind of this idea like, it goes more to like the feminist issue. Um, but I like that they're bringing up like how women being really smart could be wait I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say you know what I mean I think I know what you're trying to say yeah I totally agree I think there's also this idea because you know the three sisters are all really really beautiful women and I feel like most of the time when like people think of smart women they think that you have to be unattractive like you can't be beautiful and be smart so I like that the show is kind of pushing against that stereotype as well because if you ever notice in like movies and stuff when they have a girl who's really smart she always has like huge glasses and like bad hair and doesn't dress well and like all that kind of stuff so I like breaking the stereotype that you can be like fashionable and feminine and still be an intelligent powerful woman exactly yes that's that's what I like to see here too (laughs) um I was also like because it reminds me I think I even saw maybe it was an interview or something but with Megan Fox how when she started out her career because she is a really smart lady like she's really smart and I didn't even know that and a lot of people didn't know that about her she said that when she started out her career and everything they used her as pretty much just a pretty face Mm -hmm. um and didn't like nobody really acknowledged how smart she was or anything they just wanted to present her as like oh the hottest woman in America and she was like really upset that that was how she was portrayed uh, yeah and it's also really upsetting considering the fact that when Megan Fox was starting her career because I've also read things like in interviews with her she was like 15 and they were really pushing this like she's hot she's sexy thing which is just gross because she was a child but exactly she was really young and they were just pushing this on her and I mean also all along the way giving her the idea that like what's in her brain doesn't matter you know like nobody cares nobody wants to hear it they just want to see your body and your face and everything yeah and I mean like as like a woman who has you know I've always been good at school and like been very like academically smart and I know that there have been points in my life where I was like well I don't care that I'm smart I want to be pretty because I feel like that's what society puts a lot of expectation on us to be as women Mm -hmm. so I've had moments where I'm like it doesn't matter that I'm smart it doesn't matter that I'm this like I need to be like prettier I need to look like this I need to do this and I like that in the show they're not forcing you to be one or the other and like they are doing that importance of like it's not all about being like book smart like everyone can be intelligent in their own ways and we've seen so many times throughout the show like Phoebe is really good at like making connections between things she's very clever she thinks well on her feet and those are all important traits too yeah exactly and I think those are the kind of smarts that Piper is talking about with her and that's basically yeah what I was saying is I like how they bring that up um that same idea you know like it doesn't need everyone has their own intelligence and um like you said you can be attractive and smart so then we're back inside the castle and Piper's in there and she's screaming and running and Prue and Malcolm like approach because they hear her and Prue moves a fireball that's like coming towards Piper and Piper's like what the hell is happening where are we and Prue tells her to get to the bookcase so they all run there and go into the little chamber together 
And Malcolm says, don't tell me she's the sister witch who was going to save us. And he like turns away and Piper and Prue both look annoyed. (laughs) Just always with his little attitude. I just think it's perfect. I know. I feel like he has the perfect like attitude to kind of match them though. Cause I feel like they're super like sassy like that. And like he is too. So I I think that's what's adding to the dynamic throughout the episode. Yeah. Like the dynamic between them is, is really good. I love it. Now it's a little bit later. They're still in the castle and Piper and Prue are sitting and Malcolm is standing nearby. And Piper says, I don't want to live forever. I don't want to spend the rest of my life trapped in a painting, hanging on the wall, wearing a broken shoe. And she doesn't think their plan to risk their lives to get a message to Phoebe is a good one. Prue says, okay, so it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the situation is pretty bad. She's like, no, but it may just take a rocket scientist to get us out of here, Phoebe. And Malcolm's like, another witch sister? And Piper says, not just any witch, a super witch. She's a genius. She's a walking brain trust, an Einstein with cleavage. She cast a spell on herself, Prue, a smart spell. And Piper thinks if anyone can save them, it's Phoebe. And that they need to get in the living room and put the name on the window. Prue's like, wait one second. And Piper's like, we can't wait. It's only temporary. The spell ends at seven tonight. So they all run out. So I just want to say that the ta- that the title and Einstein with cleavage is amazing. And I'm obsessed with it. I know. I love it so much. I see like this is like the little sarcasm or like Piper's wit that we see more of that I just love you know like the way she presents information is just always so so clever but yeah I mean you know we're gonna find out that them talking about all this information with Malcolm right there is a mistake as we get there but um yeah you know good little information to drop that because it's obviously going to come up again later also I wanted to bring up the idea of you know, Malcolm mentions that he's been in the painting for 70 years. And as we mentioned, we're about to find out that Malcolm is actually a warlock, which is why he didn't age. Mm-hmm. Would the sisters age if they stayed in the painting or does the painting prevent aging? What do you think? Yeah, I was wondering, I was kind of wondering that too. So I'm not really sure because if this painting is meant to hold someone forever, then I guess it would make sense that they would never die. But it was also very specifically meant to hold a warlock. Exactly. So I'm not really sure how it would affect a mortal, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, because, you know, warlocks, I guess, don't need to eat or anything. Like, would the sisters, like, starve to death being stuck there? I was thinking the same thing. Like, would they have to eat? Like, what would be the situation here? Like, because I haven't seen any food or water. Like, are they going to die in, like, a week? I know. I know. I have no idea. I, I really don't. Because it definitely was meant specifically for him, you know? It wasn't meant for other people to get trapped inside of. Yeah. So we don't really have any clue how it would affect them if they stayed. So then we're at the manor, and the clock is chiming six. And Phoebe is sitting in the little entry room, and she's holding her hands out over the Book of Shadows and absorbing the knowledge, trying to find something. Then the bell rings, and it's Jenny. And Phoebe is like, unless it's a huge 911, sweetie, you're going to have to come back later. But Jenny rings the bell again. So Phoebe closes the book and puts it under the table and gets up to go get the door. Fucking Jenny, dude. I can't stand her. (laughs) I'm like, 
I'm so curious to hear your thoughts in the next episode because like I have no issues with Jenny like I I really don't know where your Jenny slander and hatred comes from and I'm excited to see if like I ever get to that point I don't like hate her I just find her to be like an annoying little kid but isn't that kind of the point of her character is to have the kind of like this little sister figure who is supposed to be a little bit annoying yeah exactly but that's just why she annoys me (laughs) because I feel like she's just a very like average teen girl who has some like angst because her parents abandoned her to go do some job in another country yeah I think I just hate kids I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I think it's my own personal issue (laughs) no I don't I don't not like Jenny I just like I mean she does she plays her character well she's really doesn't cause too many problems but I mean and I guess there are things that I can relate to her on I just don't care about her that much like to me her character is not that important and it's just it's just me being an asshole I just love to shit on people (laughs) (laughs) I mean you have a fair point because she is just kind of like this young girl that's kind of there but yeah I, I don't like, have I feel like she her her character is not very important like she I mean I get it for the sake of I feel like it was, gives Dan more got... of an excuse to interact with the sisters because they're exactly this connection with Jenny that's what I mean like that's what I, I think that's pretty much the only value I can see in her character because aside from that she doesn't really provide anything to the shows I just feel like from what we've seen like even here and obviously I'll have like there's more in the next episode too but um she kind of like she kind of makes things harder on the sisters like it she doesn't mean to but things become problematic when she comes around you know like she takes their time and attention away that's fair like even here you know like Jenny get go the fuck away yeah like Phoebe's <laughs> running out of time and then literally she has to do something with Jenny so now we go back into the castle and they are in the living room now and Piper says if we get out of here you owe me a new pair of shoes and Prue says if we get out of here I'll buy you the purse to match and a fireball is about to come and Prue tells Piper to freeze it and she's like forget the shoes next time you get a supernatural SOS and Prue's like I'll take your advice and just ignore it and then Malcolm yells again for them to be careful for the window and all of a sudden a bunch of swords come out and surround Piper as she goes by the window Prue uses her power to separate the swords so that Piper can have enough time to write on Nell's name on the window and then she runs back over to them yeah so I really like the little sword moment. I think it's really cool the way that they set that up so that like Holly Marie Combs is like right in the center of them. Like it looks really aesthetically cool. So I love that shot. Yeah. And you know, the little like, I can't lean forward. I can't do this. Like having to work together to get the message on there, I think was cool too. Yeah, I agree. I feel the same way. I do feel though that she could have easily gotten around the source. <laughs> oh yeah, no, she totally could have like stuck her hand through to write it. Like that yeah. was dramatic as fuck. But... Yeah, definitely no. If I lean forward, I'm slice and dice. Like the swords already came out. Like you can Yeah, like it. I get that getting yeah. out would have been hard, but reaching your arm to write something wouldn't have been hard. Yeah, exactly. So we're in the manor and Jenny and Phoebe are sitting on that couch in the little like entry room. 
And Phoebe's like, the human reproductive system? Wait, and your uncle wanted Piper to help you out with this? Like, damn, implying that Piper doesn't know about sex. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, but I was too embarrassed to tell him that I already know about sex, so I figured we could just hang out and watch some television. Jenny notices that the painting is glowing and asks what it is, so Phoebe's like, oh, like, Jenny, go grab me a pen. And then she grabs the magnifying glass while Jenny is gone and goes to look at the painting. And she sees Nell written on the window. Jenny comes back and asks if something's wrong. And Phoebe says that she's not sure. And she starts like writing on a piece of paper, realizes that it's too complicated what she's saying about the human reproductive system. And then she just like draws this picture and gives it to Jenny and basically kicks her out of the house. Yeah. Kind of felt bad for Jenny here. Like she just wants some friends. (laughs) Okay. Literally, she was just trying to hang out. And it's like, does Jenny not have friends from school to hang out with? Like, she has to hang out with these adult women that live next door. I know. I know. Kind of feel a little bad. Anyway, so now we are outside, or we see outside the manor, and Jenny looks at the picture that Phoebe drew, and it's just a circle and sperm on the other side that just says us and them with, like, arrows. (laughs) Um, And Jenny looks confused and a little annoyed. And then in a car parked across the street, we see Miss Franklin staring at the manor and she puts on sunglasses in this very like evil looking way. Yes. And then we're back inside and Phoebe has the book out and she's like, Nell, Nell, find me Nell. And the book lands on this page that's written entirely Latin and she starts reading it and it says in the 1920s, a witch named Nell tricked a powerful warlock into a painting with a hidden spell that only his power of x-ray vision could see. She finds the spell to get them out, and it's the Latin for words free us all. And she asks how to get those words inside without getting trapped herself. And that's just when Kit walks by and meows, and she's like, no, I couldn't. But she has a plan. Yes. So I love, like, well, I'll talk about it more once it actually happens, but I love Phoebe's whole plan here. I think it's very creative yeah and I really you know I'm confused about why the page in the book of shadows is written in Latin completely in Latin I was just about to say that like make any sense. like do all of them just speak Latin like through like all the ancestors of the Hallowells were like you know what it's time to write a random page in Latin the rest of the book is in English but we're doing Latin here I know, I was thinking the same exact thing, like, they've never come across a page that's just completely in another language, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I get it for plot's sake here, but, like, it it doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, I get why the spell would be in Latin, but, like, why is the description of Nell in Latin? It makes no exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah, okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one who was thinking that. And then again, here, with the connection of, like, how Pre used the x-ray and saw it, and he had x-ray vision so that's how he read it and saw the underwriting yeah exactly also i mean i pointed out while i was reading it but it's super funny that like phoebe implies that piper doesn't know anything about (laughs) i know i know that was hilarious like she's a 27 year old woman i think she's like aware (laughs) she can she can have a conversation about sex we've also have confirmed that she's slept with at least two people since the show started like Jeremy and Leo. Leo, yeah, exactly. I feel like if (laughs) I feel like if you and I were in this situation, that would be me. I'd be like, she asked just to help you with this. (laughs) 
Yeah, but you would be right. I know. I was like, it would be more because there's no way that you would ever want to have a conversation like that. Very true. Very true. I would not. (laughs) But yeah, that's for all the listeners out there. Like, I'm so awkward when it comes to talking about sex. So just be aware. Yeah, Jess is very, she has a hard time talking about things like that it makes her very uncomfortable like my face gets red and I like get very quiet like I don't know why I don't know why I'm like that I just am always has been so if I ever seen like a situation like this I would react exactly how Phoebe did (laughs) if it were you okay so now we are back in the painting and Prue suggests that they take shifts waiting outside the bookcase for Phoebe and Malcolm to take the first shift and Prue's like I had a feeling you would and he goes outside the bookcase and Piper asks Prue what's wrong and she says I've been thinking about that witch who cursed Malcolm into the painting I mean it takes a lot of time and a high level of magic to create this world seems like an awfully big spell just to get revenge over a bad breakup and it was almost impossible for us the charmed ones no less to get that message on the window Yet Malcolm, an art historian with absolutely no powers, was able to escape fireballs and those blades to get his message on the window. It's something weird about all of this. And then they hear a meow all of a sudden. And outside the bookcase, Kit appears and Malcolm approaches her and she hisses at him. But he picks her up and takes off her collar and sees that there's, you know, a little note attached to her collar. And Piper and Prue enter and they're like, it is Kit. And he starts saying the spell in a demonic voice. And Prue tells Piper to freeze him. And he's like, you're too late as he blinks and, you know, like teleports as he blinks. We've seen blinking before, right? Yeah. Yeah, Uh, in the Melinda Warren episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so we already know what that is. So he blinks from, like, blinks behind them, like, too quick for her to freeze him. And then says, but you're right, your sister Phoebe is one smart witch. And he blinks again. He says, blinking allows me to be in one place one moment and another the next. Like, okay, we know. (laughs) Obviously, you didn't have to say that. And then he says the rest of the spell as Piper freezes a fireball and he leaves the painting. And Prue says, I thought he was an innocent. I thought he needed help. And Piper's like, I'm not talking to you forever and walks away. So first thing I want to mention, I know we mentioned it in The Witch's Back, which was the Melinda Warren episode that I just mentioned, but we talked about how in that episode they said that blinking is a witch's power that Matthew stole, but as we're learning here, it's actually a warlock power, so that was a continuity thing that we've been talking about. We might have seen things in season one that'll change later. Yeah, Not I to think get that too was much it. into spoilers, but um, for the rest of the series, we will only ever see blinking associated with warlocks. Exactly. Yeah. So when in that Melinda Warren episode, I was very confused as to why they said that it came from a witch's power because throughout and even here, just in season two, they've already changed it, you know? Yeah. Also, like I said, I really like Phoebe's plan. To me, that felt like, and they're going to bring it up too, like it came less from the smart spell and more from like Phoebe's creativeness um, that we were talking about before, you know? Her, her ability to like think on her feet like that 
Yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, as far as Rue's smarts, I mean, we see her putting together the ideas about Malcolm before the reveal that he's evil. So we see that even she's like picking up on things. Like, I think the sisters are all very like intuitive and clever and they just express themselves in different ways. So I like seeing the little bits of that in each of their characters. Yeah, I agree. I think they do a really good job at showing each of their smarts in their own way. I'll just say that the demonic voice was so unnecessary and every time they do it I just like cringe a little bit because I'm like come on we already know he's evil we don't need this like weird demonic voice yeah like you could have been talking you were talking normal the entire time why all of a sudden now you want to have and it's like always right after they're revealed to be a bad guy all of a sudden their like voice changes and it's like okay come on yeah like relax we get it and the exposition like why is he standing there explaining blinking to them that was I so think it stupid was in case like we didn't see season one that we're like but it, it was exposition and it was unnecessary but. but like we it's not like we needed an explanation like we can see exactly what he's doing in front of us like even if we hadn't seen season one it's not like i would have seen him disappear and reappear and been like what what the hell is that <laughs> I need an explanation right now. <laughs> yeah, what is this power called? Define it for me. Bro. Yeah, like like if I didn't know it was called blinking, I would have just been like, oh, he's like teleporting. Like <laughs> literally exactly, what it is. Kind of like up until they named what Orbig was, I'd just be like, oh, Leo teleported out. You know what Exactly. I mean? Like it's not like we needed that explanation. <laughs> Completely unnecessary, but whatever overall pretty good scene and again with piper's little like wit at the end so we're at the manor and malcolm appears on the floor and phoebe is standing there and he's like thanks for freeing me which 70 years is a long time and she asks if he's the warlock and he's like your sisters were right you are a smart witch she asks where they are and he says with the cat the one with no collar that was interesting that was smart too smart for your own good and she asks if the woman who brought the painting to Prue is a warlock too. And he's like, Jane's my lover. She's been trying to get me out for years. She needed to find the charmed ones. You. It took her 70 years to do that. And Phoebe's like, we haven't been around that long. And she starts like beating the shit out of him and says that she read a manual on martial arts. And now she's a seventh degree black belt. She's a master. And he's like, well, we'll see how powerful you are, how smart you are when the spell ends at seven. Tick tock, Phoebe. And then he blinks out. I mean, it worked here because, you know, we got the the background on Jane. But I just think it's so funny how they like a lot of shows do this where the bad guy will sit there and like have a whole speech explaining their entire plan and exactly what they've done. And it's like that wouldn't happen in real life, you know? Yeah. Like, they're not going to stand there and tell you everything. Yeah. Also, the way he's like, Jane's my lover. I just think it's so funny when people refer to someone as their lover. Like <laughs> I hate it. It's, like, so weird. I do it, like, as a joke because I think it's, like, such a weird way to refer to, like, your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, you know? Yeah, because, like, okay, like, I'm pretty sure, like, back <laughs> in the day, like, they would use that as the term for, like, someone you're having an affair with. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, isn't that... Which I guess is true because, like, Nell was his girlfriend, right? And then Jane was his lover, I guess. (laughs) The mistress. But I'm just like, no, I can't. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't take the word seriously. Like, to me, it's a joke. Every time, like, a demon or, like, the bad guy of the episode is, like, 
just like a witch like at the end of whatever they're saying to them I'm like I feel like you just want to call them like a bad word and it's yeah saying witch yeah yeah I think it's so stupid when they do that and I've been noticing it a lot in the last like few episodes we've watched like I'm pretty sure Rodriguez did it Jeremy did it now this guy's doing it in the next episode it's gonna happen too like Mm -hmm. I just keep noticing it yeah no I see where you're coming from because it does sound like they're trying to say it like it's a offensive thing you know like they know they're witches you know it's not yeah like it just feels like they want to call them like I don't know like if there was a slur for being a witch that's what they'd want to be saying there yeah yeah it's a little weird so outside Malcolm go comes out and him and Jane hug and kiss each other and she's like I thought I'd never see you again let's get out of here and he's like not yet I have a little present for you and he says he's going to give her the power of premonition something she always wanted and in return he gets revenge and two more powers and then they kiss again I was just thinking here I mean maybe it's a known thing that those are the powers of the charmed ones but like nobody mentioned that Phoebe had the power of premonition yeah, but I think so people know? know what the three powers are, and he saw both Piper and Prue. That's what powers. I was thinking. Like, I was like, either I guess like warlocks all must know um, that that's what you know the powers that they have, because otherwise that wouldn't really make any sense that he knew that she has that. Yeah, because I think they know. Like, I mean, I'm not sure how again because like their identities are supposed to be secret, but maybe they just know like which family the Charmed Ones were going to be born into and that they'd have those powers. But you know not really sure yeah yeah unless like it also came up in like his conversations with Prue because it seems like they learned a lot about each other like she knew that he was an art historian and like all this stuff right right yeah that could be it then but yeah I was just thinking about that and I didn't know and Um, here when they say I also just wanted to point out when he's like saying how he's got a gift and it's gonna be the power of premonition and she's like well what are you gonna get and he's like revenge and two more powers it's very warlock of them to have like the selfish intent and not do anything just out of love like they wouldn't they didn't make it so he's just doing that for jane like he's doing it because he's gonna get something for it something out of it himself you know yeah i'm also confused because like how are they gonna pick and choose who gets which power like she kills Phoebe and he kills the other two. Yeah, I know. I was kind of confused about that too. And I mean, we haven't seen it yet, but it's going to be in like the next scene or something like that. But like she like she's the one sets... that's going to kill. Yeah, um, she sets the <laughs> whatever. We'll get there, but yeah, this doesn't really make any sense how he would get those powers. Yeah. With the Unless way that they, they can go just, about like, it, make out and trade them or something. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Who knows? So then we're at the castle. Prue and Piper are sitting on the floor, and Prue's kind of like, "Well, even if Phoebe is alive, she may she may not be for long." And Piper's saying maybe she can figure out a way to sell save herself before he finds her. And then Prue looks at her watch and sees that it's almost seven. She's like, "You know, if anyone can do it, Phoebe can." And Piper says, "Even without the smart spell." And that the message on Kit's collar was very Phoebe. I would have never thought of it. And Prue agrees and says, you know, neither would I. It was a great plan. And Piper says, if we get out of here, I'm going to buy her a new pair of shoes. And Prue says, I'll buy her the purse to match. 
I like that they continue on with that little like shoes in the purse to match thing that they've been going on this whole yeah, time. Yeah, it's just it's a cute, cute little like sister thing. And I mean, yeah. I like, you know, we're seeing how much they do like respect Phoebe and recognize how like smart and clever she is. So I like Exactly. Well. I like that they put that in here and, um, you know, acknowledge her um, intelligence and her cleverness, like you said. So back in the manor, Phoebe is looking back in the book for um, the spell to get them out and the clock starts chiming again at seven. So she can't put her hands over the book anymore and have it turned on its own. So she starts looking through like flipping pages and she's trying to remember the spell that they have to say, but she can't. So she gets to the page and it's all in Latin. So she can't read it anymore. And that's when Malcolm and Jane walk in and Jane blows on her finger and it becomes a flame. And she says, hello, Phoebe, say goodbye to your family. And she touches the painting and sets it on fire. And then Malcolm grabs Phoebe and she says that, or, and then Phoebe says the curse to get them in um, the painting and puts her hand on Jane. So they all get sucked into the painting. See, she's I mean a quick thinker on her feet. Yeah, no, she definitely is. And I mean, the only other thing, you know, I notice in this scene is what we already talked about with the fire and Jane starting it and everything. Yeah, Jane starting that fire, how would that have given that her the powers of the two witches inside? Like, it didn't make any sense. So then we're in the castle and Piper and Prue realize that the painting is on fire. It's filling up with smoke. And then Phoebe comes in and she runs over to them. And then Malcolm and Jane appear right after her. And Malcolm's like, you stupid witch. Now you and your sisters are going to end up burning to death. And he goes into his pocket to grab the collar. And that's when Phoebe smiles and holds it up and says, looking for this. And she tells Piper to freeze them. So Piper freezes Malcolm and Jane. And then, you know, Phoebe's like, oh, where's Kit? So they grab her and Phoebe says the spell and they all go out of the painting. And then the fire appears behind Jane and Malcolm who are still frozen as the painting burns. Yes. Phoebe wasn't touching them though when she said the spell and they still all got out. <laughs> She's like... Yeah, um, I think it's because they were close enough together, but I don't really know. Yeah. No, her thinking on her feet, this is still like... Like, I like that they have this all about Phoebe being the one to kind of fix the whole thing in the end, especially in the, you know, how she's been doubting her smarts and everything. So we see that even with the spell, she was using her own ideas to save the day, basically. Yeah. Also, like, poor Kit almost got forgotten in the painting. Poor I know. I know. Thank God Phoebe said something. Because I was wondering, like, I remember, I didn't remember that part happening where she's like, oh. Like, where's Kit? And for a minute there, I was like, are they just going to, like, not acknowledge that Kit's still in there? <laughs> and then just leave and, like, like, I figured it was just going to be something that the show messed up on, you know? <laughs> no, I remembered, I remembered that part specifically because I've always found that part funny where it's like, oh, where's Kit? Yeah. And then they're both like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> So now they are back in the manor and Prue is putting out the painting with a fire extinguisher and she says, you know, I didn't want them to die. I just wanted them trapped in that house forever. And Phoebe says, Brightside, you won't have to worry about any complaints from the owner of the painting. Piper says, and you won't have to worry about anyone else getting a supernatural mayday from it. 
and Prue thanks Phoebe for rescuing them. And Piper says, how did you get the collar from Malcolm? And Phoebe says, oh, I used a very complex, very different kind of smarts. And Prue says, you picked his pocket. She's like, I picked his pocket. <laughs> and Phoebe or Piper's like, Phoebe. And she's like, why? He was a warlock. Smartest thing I've ever done. And they all smile at each other. I love this moment. I think it's so cute. Um, And I like, you know, Piper's little like Phoebe, like I I just everything about their sister relationship just shines through in this scene. And it's one of those moments where I'm just like, yes, this is what I always want to be seeing from the sisters. It's cute. It's funny. Um, Their comedic timing, their chemistry, it's all perfect. in this. Yeah, I thought everything here was completely perfect. Everything you just said, exactly what I was thinking too. always like loved that scene. Um, Anything else before we move to the final scene of the episode? I think I'm good here, apart from them, like, you know, circling back to the Phoebe smartness, you know? Yeah, because we get this realization that, you know, Phoebe now recognizes that she does have those smarts. Exactly. Her sisters always saw it in her. Yeah, she's gaining that confidence back, and her sisters do see that in her as well. So then we're at P3, and Piper and Dan are sitting at the bar going over the list of what needs to be done. His estimate apparently requires a quarter million dollars and a crew of 75. And Piper's like, I got to tell you, Dan, I'm not feeling real guilty about not helping Jenny with that paper. And he's like, well, actually, those were Phoebe's suggestions. And she's like, well, can you fix it cheap and fix it quick? And he says a couple of days. So she says that he's hired and he gets up. On the other side of the club, we see that Prue and Phoebe are sitting on a couch And Dan walks over and asks Phoebe if she has a minute. And she's like, ooh, is it about Piper? He's like, no, actually, it's about Jenny's paper. And she says she wasn't really herself. And he says, I'd really appreciate if Jenny could do her own work in her own handwriting using her own smarts. And, you know, she agrees. And he laughs and then he leaves. And Prue is looking at her and Phoebe says the smart spell made her realize there's a lot of cool information out there. And who knows, maybe I will go back to college, take some night classes. I'm a smart girl. I'll figure it out. And she says, yes, you will. Just don't lose that common sense. You may need it to save the day again. And that's when Piper comes over and asks what they're talking about. And Phoebe rips up her job application and says that she's not taking the job. Then she opens the present they got her, which is shoes and a purse. And Prue's, and she's like holding it up to herself. And Prue's like, very smart looking, wouldn't you say, Piper? And she says, pure genius, Prue. And Phoebe's like, enough with that already. And then they ask her to explain the drawing. And she's like, okay, well, that's Piper and that's Dan. And like Prue and Phoebe are both laughing. And Phoebe like tried, I mean, and Piper tries to take the paper away and like doesn't like that they're teasing her. Yeah. So the whole like, like, I mean, everything's kind of a joke here in this last scene. And I think it's so cute. Like, another just very adorable sister moment between them. And we get the idea that maybe Phoebe is going to go back to college. Like, they're mentioning it again. And I'm excited to see how that, de- like, that storyline develops. Yeah, me um, too. And Dan, of course, coming over and <laughs> giving her the drawing. I thought that was so funny. and Prue's like reaction and everything it was just so perfect Phoebe's like little awkwardness about it too cute I love this yeah and I like the way they're like teasing her like about being smart and everything after everything she's gone through in this episode and that she does recognize that she's smart too so I liked this scene a lot yeah overall a very good ending yeah and just a very good episode in general like I like I said at the beginning I really enjoyed watching this episode um, I think the pacing was really good. I think the comedy is really good. Like it works for me and I really enjoyed it. 
I agree. I definitely feel the same way. This was a very strong episode, I'd say. I feel like now that we're into season two, I'm finding so much less to like pick apart than I was finding in season one. So they're definitely yeah. getting into a better rhythm here. Oh yeah, 100%. They're, they're finding themselves. <laughs> this show. <laughs> No, it's really good. I, I didn't realize that like right off the bat season two, and I mean, I said this before, but season two has so many strong episodes and episodes that I love that I, I didn't even realize were in it, you know? Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com and join us back next time for season two, episode four, The Devil's Music.